The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello, I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and you are listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. Today, the show is about emotional intelligence. And when it comes to happiness and success in life, emotional intelligence, which is also known as EQ or emotional quotient, it influences us just as much as our intellectual ability, or our IQ. Emotional intelligence helps a person to build stronger relationships and to succeed at work and to achieve personal and professional goals. Emotional intelligence is the ability to identify, to use, to understand, and manage your emotions in positive ways with the goal in mind of relieving stress, communicating effectively, empathizing with other people, overcoming challenges, and also to diffuse conflict. And emotional intelligence impacts various aspects of our daily life, such as the way we behave, and the ways that we interact with others. So if you have a high emotional intelligence, then you're able to recognize your own emotional state and the emotional states of others. And in turn, you're able to engage with people in a way that draws them to you. You can use this understanding of emotions to relate better to other people form healthier relationships, achieve greatest success at work, and also to lead a more fulfilling life. People with high emotional intelligence possess both personal and social competency. They proceed forward in personal and social situations by first checking in with what they observe or what they sense, and then by taking action based on what they have observed. So when emotional intelligence first gathered significant media attention, it was back in the 1990s, 
it really hit home for people. Really, for the first time, there was an explanation for something that people found unusual. And the finding really is that people of average intelligence outperform people with the highest levels of intelligence the vast majority of the time, which is about 70% of the time, according to the study. So suddenly there was a name for the main factor of success in life, and that was termed emotional intelligence. Our emotional intelligence is an essential part of the whole person. But the IQ and the EQ and the personality, they're really all separate pieces of ourselves, if you like. And emotional intelligence explains a fundamental element of your behavior that is unique. It's unique from your intellect. It's separate from your intellect. You cannot determine someone's IQ based on their EQ and vice versa. Intelligence or IQ is how quickly you absorb new information and it does not change really throughout your life. But emotional intelligence is unique. It's a flexible skill that you can improve with practice. And we're going to go over some tips to help you improve your emotional intelligence. And anyone, it's wonderful, anyone can develop a high degree of emotional intelligence. Generally speaking, I think that folks that maybe you consider to be more sensitive will, generally speaking, have a higher level of in emotional intelligence. But like IQ, your personality doesn't change. So your IQ and your personality are more fixed and your emotional intelligence is flexible and can be developed and improved upon throughout your life. So personality really is the style with which you approach the world, such as what motivates you and the people and the situations that give you energy versus the situations and the people that drain your energy. The one example of this is just the natural tendency that we have to either be introverted or extroverted. And it seems from studies that they've done that emotional intelligence seems to be a factor in really dictating people's performance. They've seen that it has a massive impact upon personal and professional success. Uh, there is a company called Talent Smart that has measured the EQ of close to a million people and has found that the skill of emotional intelligence accounts for about 58% of performance in all types of jobs. 58%. So emotions are the primary driver of our behavior. And working to improve your emotional intelligence automatically results in improvements in many areas of your behavior. And TalentSmart found that more than 90% of top performers have high emotional intelligence. And fortunately, as I mentioned already, this emotional intelligence can be increased with practice. 
you know, our brains are hardwired to give emotions the upper hand. The limbic system, the emotional brain, reacts to events first before we have the opportunity to engage the rational brain known as the neocortex. Now the communication between these two areas of the brain is the very definition of emotional intelligence. And EQ, emotional quotient, emotional intelligence, really requires effective communication between this rational and the emotional centers of the brain. And we spoke about that last week in relationship to how the limbic system, the emotional part of the brain, and the neocortex, the rational part of the brain, are involved in the decision-making process. So emotional intelligence is a balance. It's really the balance between the rational and the emotional brain. And brain plasticity, which is a term that's really been used, I am not sure, certainly in the last decade it's become more and more um, common, this idea to understand that the brain has plasticity. And it's used to describe the brain's ability to grow new connections between neurons that fire in the brain that facilitate the use of new behaviors. Now, our brains love efficiency. And the skills that you practice are the skills that your brain will make it easier for you to repeat. So anything that you practice is easy for your brain to repeat the skill. And when you work to increase your emotional intelligence then the billions of microscopic neurons lining the road between the rational, the neurocortex, and the emotional centers of your brain, the limbic system, they branch off into like small arms, really, to communicate with the cells around them. So a single cell can grow up to 10,000 connections to the cells around. And that is what they're really referring to as this brain plasticity, the ability of the brain to create these new connections. And emotional intelligence is the foundation, really, for a variety of life skills. Decision-making, which we discussed last week. Communication. Flexibility, accountability, assertiveness, trust, anger management, empathy, time management, teamwork, change tolerance, stress tolerance. All of these skills are based on our emotional intelligence. We probably all know people either at work or in our personal lives who are really good listeners. No matter what kind of situation we're in, they always seem to know just what to say and how to say it so that we're not offended or upset. Sometimes people might say that a person is very diplomatic and that's that emotional intelligence skill of knowing what to say and how to say it so that it's not offensive. People with high emotional intelligence are also caring and considerate. And even if we don't find a solution to our problem, 
when we speak with these types of individuals, we usually leave our interaction with them feeling more hopeful and more optimistic about, well, oftentimes just life in general, and certainly whatever our challenge was in particular. Now, we probably also know people who are masters at managing their emotions. You know, they don't get angry in stressful situations. Instead, they have, they have an ability to look at a problem and then calmly find a solution. They're excellent decision makers, and they know when to trust their intuition. So regardless of their strengths, they're usually willing to look at themselves honestly. They take criticism well, and they know when to use it to improve their performance. So people like I just described have a high degree of emotional intelligence. They know themselves well, and they're also able to sense the emotional needs of others. So as more and more people accept that emotional intelligence is just as important to professional success as technical abilities are, then organizations are increasingly factoring in the emotional intelligence of their employees when they are looking to hire and promote new people into their company. Here's just one example of that. You know, there's a large cosmetic company that recently revised their hiring process for salespeople to specifically choose candidates based on their level of emotional intelligence. And the salespeople that were hired using the new system have sold on average $91,000 more in merchandise than the salespeople that were selected under the old system. So there's also been a significance in uh, lowering the staff turnover amongst the group chosen for their emotional intelligence. So we all have different personalities. We have different wants and needs, different ways of showing our emotions, and different ways of navigating through all of this that really takes really cleverness and, and alertness, especially if we want to succeed in life. And this is where our emotional intelligence can become really important. It gives us the ability to recognize our emotions, understand what they're telling you, and then to realize how your emotions affect the people around you. Emotional intelligence involves your perceptions of others. And when you understand how they feel, then this really allows you to manage your relationships more effectively. People with high emotional intelligence are usually successful in most things that they do because those are the people that others want on their team. When people with high EI send an email, it gets answered. When they need help, they get it. Because they make others feel good. They go through life with more ease than people who are easily angered or easily upset. 
And emotional intelligence is critical to managing your behavior and helps you to move smoothly through social situations and also when it's time to make critical choices. Now, it's really been said that emotional intelligence is made up of four core skills. The first two skills, which are self-awareness and self-management, are based on personal competency. And the other two skills, social awareness and relationship management, are based on social competency. So you have the personal competency and the social competency. So let's just go through these four core skills. Self-awareness is like what you perceive is your self-awareness, and it's based on how accurately you can identify your emotions in the moment and then understand your tendencies from situation to situation and over time with these emotions and these responses. You have an ability to recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behavior. You know your strengths and your weaknesses, and you have self-confidence. That's self-awareness, what you perceive, self-awareness. And then self-management would be what you do with what you perceive. And this is based on how you use your awareness of your emotions to create the behavior that you want. So you're able to control impulsive feelings and behaviors and manage your emotions in healthy ways. You have no problem taking initiative, following through on your commitments, and then adapting to changing circumstances. So that's the change tolerance, the skill of change tolerance. And then social awareness. Social awareness is what you perceive and it's based on how well you read the emotions of other people. You can understand the emotions. You can understand the needs and the concerns of other people. And you pick up on their emotional cues. You feel comfortable socially. And recognize the dynamics of power in a group or in an organization. So social awareness is what you perceive, and then relationship management would be what you do with what you perceive. So this is based on how you use the first three aspects of emotional intelligence skills of self-awareness, self-management, and social awareness, and use that to really manage your interactions with other people. You know how to develop and maintain good relationships, how to communicate clearly, how to inspire and influence others, how to work well in a team, and how to manage conflict. So these are the four core skills of emotional intelligence. here just go through a little uh, brief history of the coming of age, if you like, of emotional intelligence, starting in the 1930s with Edward Thorndike. He described the concept of social intelligence as the ability to get along with other people. 
And then in the 1940s, David Weschler's suggested that he suggests that effective components of intelligent may be essential to success in life. And in 1950, we have humanistic psychologists such as Abraham Maslow. He described how people can build emotional strength. In 1975, Howard Gardner publishes The Scattered Mind, which introduces the concept of multiple intelligence. And in 1985, Wayne Payne introduced the term emotional intelligence in his doctoral dissertation entitled A Study of Emotion, Developing Emotional Intelligence, self-integration relating to fear, pain, and desire. Then in 1987, in an article that was published in Mensa magazine, Keith Beasley used the term emotional quotient. And it had been suggested that this was the first published work that used that term of emotional quotient. And then in 1990, psychologists Peter Salovey and John Mayer published their landmark article, Emotional Intelligence, in the journal Imagination, Cognition, and Personality. 1995, the concept of emotional intelligence is popularized after publication of psychologist and New York Times science writer Daniel Goldman's book, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. So that's really the history of how things have developed and we come this coming of age of the idea of an appreciation for emotional intelligence. Now we all know that it's not necessarily the smartest people that are the most successful or even the most fulfilled in life. You probably know people who are academically brilliant and yet are socially awkward and perhaps even unsuccessful at work or even in their personal relationships. Intellectual intelligence or IQ isn't enough on its own to be successful. Well, IQ can help you get into college, but then it's the EQ that will help you to manage the stress and the emotions of completing your final exams. Now, ideally, life flows more smoothly for everyone when there is a balance between our emotional and our intellectual intelligence. Now, our emotional intelligence has a huge impact on really fundamental areas of our life. As an example, your physical health. If you're unable to manage your stress levels, then it can lead to serious health problems. Uncontrolled stress can raise your blood pressure, suppress the immune system, increase your risk of heart attack and stroke, contribute to infertility, and clearly speeds up the aging process. So the first step to improving emotional intelligence is to learn how to relieve stress.
your mental health is also impacted by your emotional intelligence. Because uncontrolled stress can also impact your mental health and make you vulnerable to anxiety and depression. So if you're unable, if you're not able to understand and manage your emotions, then you're going to be open to mood swings and an inability really to form strong relationships that can leave you feeling lonely and even isolated. It can also have an effect on your performance at work. You know, high emotional intelligence can help you navigate the social complexities of the workplace. It can help you to lead and motivate others and excel in your career. So when it comes to gauging job candidates, again, many companies are now viewing emotional intelligence as being as important as technical ability and require EQ testing before hiring. So that's a really new wave uh, for us in our culture and in our society to be have, have people te- being tested before being hired on their emotional intelligence. And naturally, our emotional intelligence has a high impact on our relationships. You know, when we understand, when you understand your emotions and how to control them, then you're obviously better able to express how you feel and then understand how other people are feeling. This allows you to communicate more effectively and develop stronger relationships, both at work and in your personal life. You know, all the information to the brain comes through our senses. And when this information is overwhelming or stressful or emotional, then our instincts take over and our ability to act will be limited to that flight, fight, or flee response that comes from the limbic system. So in order to have access to a real wide range of choices, and in order to be able to make good decisions, we need to be able to bring to bring our emotions into balance at will, to collect ourselves, so to speak, to gather and collect yourself and to come into balance with both your emotional intelligence and your intellectual intelligence. Our memory is also strongly linked to our emotions. So by learning to use the emotional part of your brain, as well as the rational part of your brain, you'll be able to expand your range of choices when you respond to new events. And you'll also be able to factor your emotional memory into your decision-making. And we all know this is very helpful because doing this prevents us from continually repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. So there are ways that you can improve your emotional intelligence and as a result, improve your decision-making abilities. But you need to understand and come into a deeper relationship with the emotional side of your brain. I'm going to just give you some uh, five, five skills, really key skills, that can help you to accomplish this. And when you work with and develop these building blocks, each of the skills is built upon your competency with the previous skill. 
So here I'll just list them. So the ability to quickly reduce stress, recognizing and managing your emotions, connecting with others using nonverbal communication, using humor and play to deal with challenges, and then resolving conflicts positively and with, with confidence. The good news is that these skills of emotional intelligence can be learned by anyone at any time. And it's important to remember that there's a difference between learning about emotional intelligence and applying the knowledge, applying the knowledge to your life. You know, we all know that just because we know we should do something doesn't necessarily mean that we will do it. And this is, becomes especially true when we are overwhelmed by stress. You know, that's the time when we forget all our good practices. And stress can really take over our best intentions. So it's the same with any skill that you want to develop. Regular practice is always the fundamental key to success. So in order to permanently change behavior in ways that stand up to the test of time and really stand up under pressure, you need to learn how to take advantage of the powerful emotional parts of the brain that remain active and accessible even in times of stress. So this means that you can't simply read about emotional intelligence in order to master it. You actually have to experience and practice the skills in your everyday life. So let's go through these skills. So the, the first skill for improving your emotional intelligence is to cultivate ways to rapidly reduce stress. You know, high levels of stress can overwhelm your mind and your body, and they get in the way of your ability to accurately read and assess a situation or to hear what someone else is saying, or even to be aware of your own feelings and needs and your ability to communicate clearly. So it's really good then to think of things that will really dissolve your stress. Really being able to function within the midst of chaos, that's what you're looking for, is cultivating ways that, that can help you to function even when you're in the midst of chaos. So here's some suggestions for that. So the first is really to realize when you're stressed. That's the first step to reducing stress is to recognize what stress feels like. You know, how does your body feel when you're stressed? Are your muscles or your stomach tight or sore? Do you clench your hands? Is your breathing shallow or rapid? It's good to become aware of your physical response to stress because that is going to help you to begin to regulate the tension when it occurs. Identifying your own stress response is really helpful too because everyone reacts differently to stress. If you tend to become angry or agitated under stress, then you'll respond best to stress relief activities that quieten you down. But if you tend to become depressed or withdrawn, then you'll respond best to stress relief activities that are stimulating. 
if you tend to freeze or speeding up in some ways while slowing down in others, then you need stress relief activities that provide both comfort and stimulation. That's good. You have to identify what is your stress response. And the next is to discover different stress dissolving techniques that work for you. For some people, the best way to reduce stress quickly is to engage one or more of your senses. So sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. And each person responds differently to sensory input. So you need to find the things that are soothing and or energizing for you. So just a couple of examples. If you're a visual person, then you can usually relieve stress by surrounding yourself with uplifting images. If you respond more to sound, then you might find a wind chime or a favorite piece of music or even the sound of a water fountain can help you quickly reduce your stress levels. If you're more kinesthetic, then getting up and moving around would more likely be able to help you. So focusing on the senses is really great because the other thing that it does is it brings you back into your body and grounds you. And um, when you're in your body and grounded, you're much more able to assess what's going on around you and inside of you and make decisions based on that with your good, good emotional intelligence. So the first uh, skill is reducing stress. And then the second skill for improving your emotional intelligence is really your own emotional awareness is your ability to connect to your emotions. You know, having a moment-to-moment awareness of your emotions and how they influence your thoughts and how they influence your actions. And this is really the key to understanding yourself and others. Moment-to-moment awareness of your own emotions and how they influence your thoughts and your actions. You know, there's so many people that are disconnected from their emotions, especially strong, the strong core emotions such as anger or sadness, fear, and even joy. And this may be the result of negative childhood experiences that, that taught you to try to shut off your feelings. Now, although we can distort and we can deny or even numb our feelings, we certainly can't eliminate them. They are still there, whether we're aware of them or not. But unfortunately, without, without emotional awareness, we're not able to fully understand our own motivations and reactions and really even our own needs. Without emotional awareness, it's also very challenging to communicate effectively with others. Now, here's just a few questions you might want to ask yourself about your own relationship and where you are with your own emotions. As an example, do you experience feelings that flow? You know, encountering one emotion after another as you experience change from moment to moment? Are your emotions accompanied by physical sensations that you perceive, you know, in common places like your stomach or your chest or even in your throat? Do you experience discrete feelings and emotions such as anger, sadness, 
fear, joy. In each of those is evident distant subtle facial expressions. Can you experience intense feelings that are strong enough to capture both your attention and also the attention of others? And do you pay attention to your emotions? Do they factor into your decision-making? So if any of these experiences are not familiar to you, then your emotions may be really tuned down or tuned off, so to speak, in order but in order really to be emotionally healthy and emotionally intelligent, it's important to reconnect to your core emotions, to accept your core emotions, and to let go of the tendency to judge your emotions. Just relax and let yourself become comfortable with them. And this will really increase your emotional intelligence. You know, developing emotional awareness it can be learned at any time in life. So if you haven't learned how to manage stress, then obviously that's an important first step. So once you can manage stress, then you'll feel more comfortable reconnecting to strong or even unpleasant emotions. And then this will automatically begin to change the way that you experience and respond to your feelings. Now you can develop your emotional awareness by practicing mindfulness meditation or any type of relaxation technique or yoga, even one of the soft martial arts. These are just a few examples. Because these types of practices, they can help you to get in touch with difficult emotions and help you to experience and manage uncomfortable feelings with an increased ease, which is really wonderful self-reflection and the ability to increase your emotional intelligence by being self-reflected, getting to know yourself, managing stress and becoming comfortable with your own emotions, whatever they may be. There's such a wide variety of emotions really on the emotional spectrum of life and they're all good. They're all emotions. Some of them are a little um, more challenging certainly to accept but regardless of the nature of the emotion or the content of the emotion you can just approach them all in the same type of way just to make room to let them be so we'll move on to the third skill then for increasing your emotional intelligence which is nonverbal communication you know being a good communicator requires more than just verbal skills because we all know that often what you say is less important than how you say it or other nonverbal signals that you send out to people, like your gestures that you make, the way you sit, how fast or how loud you talk, how close you stand to another person, how much eye contact you make. And in order to hold the attention of others and build connections and trust, you need to be aware of and in control of this body language. You want to be able to accurately read and respond to the nonverbal cues that other people are sending you. And now, we all know that these messages don't stop when someone stops talking. So even when you're silent, you're still communicating nonverbally and you're still activating your own emotional intelligence. Now think about what you're transmitting as well. 
you know, is what you're saying, you want to think about that to ensure that what you're saying matches what you're feeling. You know, if you insist, oh, I'm fine, while you're clenching your teeth and looking away, then your body is clearly signaling the opposite. You know, your nonverbal message can produce a sense of interest, trust and excitement and desire for connection. Or your nonverbal messages can generate fear, confusion, distrust, and disinterest in others. Successful nonverbal communication depends on your ability to manage stress, to recognize your own emotions, and then understand the signals that you're sending and receiving when you're communicating. So here's just a couple of tips on how you can improve your nonverbal communication. Focus on the other person. So, you know, if you're there standing beside someone planning in your head what you're going to say next or you're daydreaming or you're thinking about something else, then you're certainly going to be missing the nonverbal cues and other subtleties in the conversation. Make eye contact. Eye contact can communicate interest. It can maintain the flow of a conversation. And it can help you gauge the other person's response. And then pay attention to nonverbal cues that you're sending and that you're receiving, such as your facial expressions, your tone of voice, your posture, gestures, touch, and also the timing and the pace of the conversation. So in skill number four for increasing your emotional intelligence is the use of humor and play in dealing with challenges. You know, we all know that humor and play is a natural remedy for life's difficulties. Humor can lighten the burdens and help you keep things in perspective. And a good hearty laugh reduces stress. It can alleviate, it can elevate your mood. And it can bring your nervous system back into balance. And we did a show on this a handful of weeks back on um, the wonderful world of laughter that had some of these same suggestions in it. You know, playful communication can really broaden your emotional intelligence and can help you in a lot of ways, like the ability to take hardships in stride. And allowing yourself to view frustrations and disappointment from new perspectives. It can help you to smooth over differences. You now, using gentle human, gentle humor from humans can often help you say things that might be otherwise difficult to express. And you can do it in a way that doesn't create an issue or create an upset. Being playful can also simultaneously relax and energize you. It can relieve fatigue, relax your body, and this will allow you to recharge. And after that, you're able to accomplish more of your tasks and being more creative. Because when you loosen up, then you free yourself of rigid ways of thinking and being. That can allow you to be more creative and see things in a new way. Because it's never too late to develop and embrace your playful, humorous side. Never, never too late. So there's lots of suggestions with that in, as I said, the previous show on the wonderful world of laughter. And then really the fifth skill for increasing your emotional intelligence is really about resolving conflict in a positive way. 
Now, conflict and disagreements are inevitable in relationships, in all relationships, regardless of the nature of them. And two people can't possibly have the same needs or opinions and expectations all of the time. It's very helpful to recognize that differences are not a bad thing. And resolving conflict in healthy, constructive ways can really strengthen trust between people. When conflict isn't perceived as threatening as a competition or as a punishment, then it really can promote freedom and creativity and safety in relationships when you approach conflict in an open way, in a healthy way. And really our ability to manage conflict in a positive, trust-building way is supported by the ways that you implement the previous four skills of emotional intelligence, which are reducing stress, emotional awareness, nonverbal communication, and using humor. So once you know how to manage stress, how to stay emotionally present and aware, how to communicate nonverbally, and use humor and play, then then you'll be better equipped to handle emotionally charged situations and be able to catch and even often diffuse many issues before they even escalate into anything. So here's a couple tips really for resolving conflicts in a trust-building way. Stay focused in the present because when you're not holding on to old hurts and old resentments, then you can recognize the reality of a current situation and view it as a new opportunity for resolving old feelings about conflicts. You know, they say choose your arguments or pick your battles, right? Arguments take time and energy, and especially if you want to resolve them in a positive way. So really, it's really helpful if you really consider What's really worth arguing about or really discussing or really getting into the nitty-gritty and what isn't? Another thing for trust building would be to forgive. You know, other people's hurtful behavior is in the past and so is yours. So to resolve conflict, you need to give up the urge to punish or to seek revenge. So we want to forgive And then the idea is that you want to end conflicts that can't be resolved. It always takes two people to keep an argument going. You can choose to disengage from a conflict, even if you still disagree. That would be perfectly fine. And Plato tells us that all learning, all learning has an emotional base to it. All learning has an emotional base. So again, we had said that emotional intelligence can be taught and it can be developed. And there are many books and tests that are available to help you determine your own current level of emotional intelligence. And that can be useful in that it can help you to identify where you may need to do some more work to continue to develop in that area. So I want to just give you a a brief example of a couple of 
the, the kinds of questions really that show up on these emotional intelligence quotient uh, testings. And uh, usually how they work is that's, uh, you know, I strongly agree, you know, mildly agree, da-da-da-da, strongly disagree, that type of scale, that from one extreme to strongly agree to strongly disagree in terms of how you answer the questions. So here's, a, here's an example of a few of them. I adjust my behavior depending on who I am interacting with. As an example, calm and friendly with a child serious and professional with my boss. Question number two. I tend to postpone or avoid discussing touchy topics. Number three. I find myself nervous about situations or events and I don't even know why. Number four. If asked to list my top three strengths, I would have a hard time coming up with them. Number five, I have certain compulsive habits that I just can't seem to stop. Number six, once a pessimistic thought pops into my head, it's like a floodgate opens. My thoughts get more and more negative. And number seven, I like learning new things. And that's just an example of some of the questions that are asked on those emotional intelligence testing. And just to leave you with some additional tips, today is a day filled with tips on how to develop and improve your emotional intelligence. You want to observe how you react to people. Do you rush to judgment before you know all the facts? Do you stereotype? You want to just look honestly at how you think and interact with other people. Try to put yourself in their place and be more open and accepting of their perspectives and of their needs. Another tip would be to look look at your work environment. Do you seek attention for your accomplishments? You know, humility can be a wonderful quality, and it doesn't mean that you're shy or that you lack confidence. When you practice humility, you say what you know, what you did, and you can be quietly confident about it. You can give others a chance to shine, and you can put the focus on them, and don't worry so much about getting praise for yourself. And then do a self-evaluation. What are your weaknesses? Are you willing to accept that you're not perfect? And that you could work on some areas to make yourself a better person. Really have the courage to look at yourself honestly. Self-reflection can go a long way to really transforming your life. And really to change your life really forever. So another suggestion would be to examine how you react to stressful situations. Do you become upset every time there's a delay or something doesn't happen the way you want? Do you blame others or become angry at them, even when it's not their fault? Really, the ability to stay calm and in control in difficult situations is highly valued in the business world and in your personal life. So, you know, keep your emotions under control when things go wrong and try to get a better perspective. 
Another suggestion is to take responsibility for your actions. If you hurt someone's feelings, apologize directly. Don't ignore what you did or avoid the other person. You know, people are usually more willing to forgive and forget if you make an honest attempt to make things right. And then examine. Examine how your actions will affect others. Before you take the actions, if your decisions will impact others, impact others, put yourself in their place. How will they feel if you do this? Would you want that experience? So if you must take action, how can you help others deal with the effects of the emotional consequences of the decisions? You know, regular intelligence is important to success in life. And emotional intelligence is key, really, to relating well to others and achieving your goals. Emotional intelligence is awareness of your actions and your feelings and how they affect those around you. And it also means that you value others, that you listen to their wants and their needs, and that you're able to empathize or identify with them on many different levels. You know, and to celebrate their successes as well as your own and to encourage other people. You know, I know from when I was a, a young girl, I, um, I guess I recognized that I had a high level of emotional intelligence and I had the opportunity of growing up in such a large family. So I always had a really big group of people to watch and see what really made people tick emotionally and what made people behave the way that they did and I know for myself as a, a young person and even still to this day as a little bit of an older person, I, um, I really relish the opportunity to have people really have a good experience of who they are and their giftedness and their abilities from spending time with me. And I really encourage all of you to really Take some time and be self-reflective. Think about some of the things that I presented here today. Emotional intelligence can be developed and it can really change your life. And change your life to really have you experience the joys and the beauty in the moment that are there. So I really appreciate you tuning in, tuning in and listening. I am your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith, and you've been listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And next week we're going to talk about different levels of intimacy. So until then, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.